0: I feel like I'm welcoming you back home, Elia. It's good to have you here. Thank you. And uh, I just got to tell you, I promise you I will feed you <laughs> after this service because we've worked you hard today. But you're going to find out why I wanted to have him live in each of our campuses. I love what God is doing in his heart and in his ministry. And he also inspires why we need to always be in prayer
1: for those that serve. So God bless you as you Thank bring you. the word. Thank you. <clears throat> good afternoon. Uh, it's always uh, always a refreshment and, and a pleasure for me to uh, visit Canada and visit churches that support us. And uh, it's an honor for me to stand before you uh, this morning and this afternoon. And uh, I just want to give you greetings from my wife, Janet. She couldn't uh, travel with me uh, because, you know, we have still uh, two children at home. But as our family uh, gets smaller and smaller, uh, maybe soon we'll be making trips like this together. Jessica, as you heard, uh, is studying here in Canada. She's studying uh, at Christian, uh, Canada Christian College. She's studying media. God put in her heart a desire to start a Christian radio program and a Christian internet television program in Novoguznetsk. It, it's an answer to our prayer. We, we thought and prayed about it, and we didn't know that the answer is right here in our family. That's what she told me uh, yesterday. She said, you prayed, and you didn't know that I'm the answer. I said, no, I didn't. Anyway, so uh, she's studying here. Our oldest son, Joshua, is studying in Texas, in Austin, at UT. At the end of the summer, Joanna, our third child, will go to Texas to finish her high school. Our kids are homeschooled, and we thought maybe the last year of high school... They should sit in class and and listen to the real teacher, and so uh, before they go to college. So that's what Juan is going to do, and we will have Joseph. Joseph uh, will be 15 this July. He'll be with us uh, just so it'll be just the three of us. But uh, <clears throat> thank you so much. I want to thank you for supporting our ministry because it's been 20 years. 20 years. This August is when we went back to my home city where I grew up attending uh, an underground Pentecostal church and the Lord just allowed me to come to Canada for a short period of time and as soon as I became a Canadian citizen uh, I moved back to Novokuznetsk. Novokuznetsk is a hard name to pronounce let alone to find on the map so I tell people always find find Mongolia first. When you find Mongolia find where Mongolia and Kazakhstan meet, and at that point just go up north, about 500 miles north, that's where you find Novokuznetsk, right in the middle of the country. So thank you so much, because we uh, partnered with uh, Portico, oh I don't know, way back since 95 I believe, and uh, we've been so blessed uh, by your support and by your prayers. I know that you pray for us. I know that uh, people from the congregation would come and, and tell me that. And, and this church had been sending teams uh, over the years to Siberia. So thank you so much. And I want to read a verse of scripture uh, that I, I really believe uh, fits to, to what I'm saying. It's found in Luke 11 verse 23. Luke eleven twenty three. Jesus says a very powerful statement. He says, "He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters." Over here, Jesus gives us uh, gives us a statement, a challenge. He says, he's basically telling us what it means to be his disciple. And we see it's not enough just to carry your Bible and attend church on Sunday he said it's okay if you confess me if you are with me but he said you need to do something else you need to gather with me otherwise you will lose everything I've given you so thank you so much for gathering with Jesus not only here in Mississauga but you're gathering with Jesus over there in Siberia Uh, because Jesus all he does just as he was back when he was walking on the earth he was looking around how he can touch people how he can bless them and how he can reap the harvest and that's what he is doing today and thank you for taking uh this part in the harvest as you read this chapter i'm not going to read it today uh, for, uh, uh, for the sake of time but a parable before this verse and a parable after this verse give us a clear picture that the gathering that jesus is talking about is a very very spiritual thing it's not just something that you can make up in your head. It's a, it's a spiritual harvest. And with the spiritual harvest, of course, uh, number one, we need the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need to have the heart of Jesus and we need the leading of the Holy Spirit. And as you saw this video uh, of this prison ministry that we have in Novokuznetsk, we, we've ministered to prisoners for many years. And we found out that there's a... Uh, Uh, a culture, a certain culture amongst prisoners. They have all kinds of issues and hurts and all kinds of questions. When we preach to them, very very seldom they would openly confess Christ. They would always have questions and answers to us why they don't know how to be a believer. Why they don't ask Jesus to come into their lives. And it all had to do with pain and and suffering and and hardness of the heart. But you saw in this video, the Lord gave us a simple idea. We asked the women, can we give a gift to your child for Christmas? And it'll be a gift from you. At first they were very skeptical, but then we gained their uh, respect. And they, uh, as you saw, we visited those children, gave them a gift, recorded it on the video, brought it to the mothers and women wept I did not have to get up and convince them that they need Jesus I did not have to come up with a very very interesting message I I simply read a story from the Bible and asked them would they like to receive Christ and all of them hundreds of them prayed to receive Jesus it was so easy as we touched their needs their children so I believe wherever there are people there are needs And I believe that if we are asking the Holy Spirit, He will lead us to the needs of the people, how we can touch them, and then their hearts will be open to receive. Another example uh, with reaching out to children and teenagers. Our youth group and our children were praying, How can we reach the kids in our community? Because it's tricky, you know, you can't reach the children without asking the permission of their parents, you can't invite them to church and all that it complicates things so uh, they decided to have summer games there were uh, dozens of kids uh, just out in the square very bored nothing to do so they would go out and organize summer games for the kids about 60 to 80 children would come together and play for about an hour and then they would lead them off to the side to the grass area set them down pull out the guitar, sing some songs get the flannel out and teach the Bible lesson and have a prayer and all the kids are praying and some of the parents joined and prayed together and they did not know that they just attended church and so it was wonderful just we feel, uh, filled their need the children wanted someone to play with them and oh you should see the kids they, they would come together every week in that square, waiting for this program to begin. And after the summer was gone, they would come knocking on our door and say, "Are oh, we going to do this again. So this summer, uh, we'll continue doing the children's summer games, reaching out to these kids. And of course, uh, one of our, probably the greatest outreaches that we have in Russia, in Siberia, is ministering to the addicted ones, to the drug addicts and alcoholics. See, when we reach a drug addict, we reached the whole family. To give you an example, we tried to minister to our neighbors. The mother was open, the father was closed. And he would tell me, he says, Ilya, I grew up under communism. I was taught the reason, oh God. How do you expect me to just switch and start believing? I can't. Well, it wasn't until their son turned to drugs. They came up to us asking for help when their son was delivered and changed and healed. I'll never forget this. I met the father on the streets going to a grocery store. He grabbed my hand and says, Ilya, now I believe there is a God in heaven. I see that my son, my son is free. No one could help him. But God helped him. So now the whole family attends the church. So it's, it's finding how we can meet the needs of the people. That's what Jesus is saying, gather with me. That's what he's, he was doing that when he was walking on the earth. He's doing that today. And with the ministry to the drug addicts, you know, we, we thank the Lord. God was able, uh, God, with God's help, we were able to plant 12 other churches and each of them a pastor, is pastored by a former drug addict. We started five teen challenge centers in and around Novo Kuznetsk. And all the staff we have are former drug addicts. Six other centers were started uh, around Siberia. Each one of the centers are past, uh, run by former drug addicts. They just, they just come to us after the Lord heals them, delivers them. They come and they say, we have lost everything so just train us we want to do something for the Lord now and they've been drug users for 8, 10, 12 years one guy just recently he's in the program about six months he told me his story he said he was using heroin for about 8 or 10 years his mother and father died he was left alone all he had was an apartment and so he was using drugs And he became an easy target to the mafia. They saw a drug addict and has an apartment. They approached him and said, We want your apartment. He says, I'm not interested in selling it. Well, they put him in the car, drove him to the river. It was October, snow on the ground. They tied his hands behind his back and put him underwater for about a minute, pulled him up and says, Are you ready to talk? And he says, Pastor, I I was so shaken up. I, I said, Yes so they took him straight to the police department where he signed off his apartment and he says to me pastor I lost everything and he said it's in the past I don't regret anything now I have a new life I want to do something for Jesus and so uh, we we started participating in the project uh, our church being a part of the Russian Pentecostal Union And in Russia, uh, all the churches were invited to participate in the project called One Year for Jesus. And that's what we're going to do. I'm already challenging all the Teen Challenge students that we have. I said, you've given eight, ten years to the devil. Why don't you consider giving one year to Jesus? And what it means, we will have a group of them who will commit to that. They'll stay at Teen Challenge property and they will be trained and they will be going every day to different villages and cities just preaching the gospel, reaching out to the needs of the people, praying for them. And we want to start many, many more churches and uh, we have a need though. uh, This property uh, that we just purchased for Teen Challenge has a dorm building with four entrances each entrance can have 30 places 30 beds so right now uh, one entrance is filled with 32 men who are in the program and we want to build a uh, second entrance and third and fourth just to renovate and uh, we're asking for help if if you would be interested to come on the trip on the on the team and help us renovate we would appreciate that and we with, uh, we're praying that god would supply the funds to renovate uh, uh, this property that God has given us and continue using that for uh, opening uh, centers and churches and reaching out to the people. That's our vision. And uh, in closing, I'd like to share with you some of our struggles because we we need your prayers. We need you to continue to pray with us. Now, in 20 years, it has not been... Uh, so difficult as it is today. We thought that you know we've overcome different challenges with the building, with the Mafia and we thought that you know it's great now but two years ago uh, we came under such a heavy, heavy uh, persecution and uh, attack. The prosecutor came into Teen Challenge Center and said who wants to go home? I'll take you home and there were six men who just entered the day before and they were going through withdrawal they were feeling sick and one by one they said six of them said we want to go home well he takes them straight into his office where the testimonies were prepared typed up and he says you're not leaving leaving this office until you sign these so they quickly signed them off the testimonies were saying that they were held in the program against their will that they're constitutional rights were violated it it was a joke drug addicts and they immediately went back to drugs and uh, the court case started in October of last year and uh, you should have seen this Uh, they had to bring those six witnesses by force police would catch them bring them to court give uh, a testimony five out of six would say no no we we uh, never had anything against this man because there were two former staff members on trial we never had anything against this man, we came willingly to uh, the program and the judge would say, well why did you sign uh, a testimony? and one of them said, your honor I signed it because I wanted drugs and he says, you wanted drugs so badly? he says, you know, I could sell my own father for a fix the judge said, really? he says, yeah He says, did you read what you signed? He says, no, Your Honor, I can't even read. I'm illiterate. Oh, you should have seen the prosecutor. He put his head down. He was so embarrassed. And uh, so six men were brought by the prosecutor to testify against the program, and five of them testified in favor. They said, we we want to thank this man. And only one of them spoke uh, false accusations against one of the former Teen Challenge members, staff members. And um, we have reasons to believe that he cooperated with the prosecutor because a week from that day, he was going to appear before the judge because he was on trial for selling drugs. And so last week was the uh, last hearing in this whole case. In the last hearing, the prosecutor called for two and a half years, sentence to these two former staff members, calling them dangerous elements of society. And the lawyers uh, gave their speeches, and they did an excellent job. They they testified and they spoke uh, like what one lawyer said. She said, Your Honor, we don't have a place of a crime. We don't have a motive of the crime, so (laughs) there is no crime. And as she spoke, I could see the judge was like, really thinking because he was sitting uh, I was sitting right in front of him and he would be looking into something and so I want to ask you to pray for this man he said that he will announce his verdict on May 17th we're asking God that he will move on his heart and this man will pronounce the two brothers not guilty the reason we 're praying, even though even though everything seems in our favor only one testimony of one drug addict, but uh, in Russia the legal system is bent into onto punishing people, and prosecutors, investigators, and judges they have this certain camaraderie and uh, so for a judge to pronounce them not guilty will take courage and so i I want to ask you to pray that God would give him that courage, that he will stand up and and read his decision that these two men are not guilty. Now, in the course of this investigation, we know that uh the reason the prosecutor is doing this, they want to shut down the church, they want to shut down Teen Challenge. And um in the in the court uh, in a as the court case was in a progress, the investigator called my lawyer and he said, "I was given an assignment to start a criminal investigation against Mr. Bansiv. that's me." And he read the article uh, from the Criminal Code, and he said, "For starting a religious organization which is harmful to the well-being of citizens." My lawyer said, "You are out of your mind. How can you do that?" he says well I don't care my boss told me so I'm gonna do the work so my lawyer called me and he said Ilya we've done everything we can we've we've used up all of our legal resources now we have to ask for help from your Canadian Embassy and for the second time in 20 years I was thankful to the Lord for my Canadian passport because I went to Moscow and uh, the first secretary of the embassy saw me immediately heard the lawyer heard my story and sent a note to the minister of external affairs of russian federation asking him to explain what's going on with this canadian citizen in siberia well uh, we sent a note to uh, this uh, government official but a uh, copy of the note was sent by fax to prosecutor's office in siberia as soon as the fax arrived on the next day the Investigator called my lawyer, and he said the decision was made not to open a criminal investigation against Mr. Banshee. So we uh, we thank the Lord because uh, He allowed us to go through this, and I know something is going to come out of this, something powerful, even though it seems so uncertain. And my wife and I we even joked. If they lock me up in prison, I'll have the ministry right there, <laughs> a prison ministry. But that's a joke, of course. We, uh, we <clears throat> but we take comfort in what Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount. In Luke 6, in Luke chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus says this, Woe to you when all men speak well of you. For that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. So uh, we at least take comfort that somebody hates us, somebody is trying to do damage. But you know, our church is full of people that believed before that I was sent by Canadian government to be a spy in Siberia after they would get saved and get baptized, they would come to me and apologize and say, Pastor, you have no idea what we thought of you, what we spoke of you. I said, that's okay. I understand. But uh, it's just such a place, such a environment where every step forward that we make, we face fierce opposition. And uh, I want to ask you if you would remember when you think of our ministry in Siberia, Two prayer requests. That's that's what we ask. Number one, that the Lord would give us the leading, how we can touch the people in their needs, because we've seen this again and again. They might be very hostile. They might be very much against us. But if we minister to their needs, their hearts are open to receive Christ. And there are so many uh, people that are opposing us right now. The newspapers are talking uh... you know in the light of this court case and on the internet there was a uh... there was a letter to president putin actually president putin heard of me now because in the letter it said that there is a church in Novokuznetsk which started by a canadian citizen Ilya bansiv who wants to overthrow your regime so <clears throat> so there's so much garbage on the internet and i got a phone call from uh, the um, uh press uh, of the police department in our region and the officer told me she was she was kinda nice and she uh, told me that uh, that this letter was published and now she said everybody is talking about you and your church the KGB, the police, the prosecutors I said well that's that's nice she said well they talk about you in the negative sense <laughs> I said well that's also nice We we got to be known in Novoguznetsk. So as you pray, please ask the Lord that He would lead us to touch the needs of the people. Because then we can harvest them for Christ. And second request, if you would pray for protection, that God would, God would give us strength and grace to overcome all these, all these trials and all these difficulties that come our way. And we'll continue to minister there. We'll continue to gather with Jesus. And... Thank you again for doing that with us. God bless you.
0: I think we should do just that. We should pray together right now. And uh, we're going to believe together. I've never been with someone who can so casually talk about the challenges you're going through because they're real and they're serious That's right. and yet your God is greater Amen. and that's the thing that always comes through in your email is the unwavering faith that God has placed them there and they're not going to back down and it's just remarkable and I can't tell you how many times in emails we see at the last minute God comes through that's right. and it brings favor and uh, as you quoted the Sermon on the Mount we're in a series called Simple Faith on the Sermon on the Mount and blessed are you when you're persecuted because then we know God's work is being done. Mm-hmm. So let's just pray together. Would you stand with me and, and uh, let's reach out towards Ilya. Think of Janet and her family as well. Father, this morning we've heard directly what you're doing in this country. We've watched and marveled to see walls come down, opportunity for people to come in and bring the news of the gospel. But here's a family that uprooted themselves from this country and said, we will go back and we will serve you. And we will be relentless in the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so by the confession of the need, I pray that you would give wisdom beyond their years to see the needs of the people in the most spectacular ways that they would be able to reach out and people would know that only God, only God could have given them such insight and such opportunity. I pray for protection around them. I pray, Father, that when the enemy rises up, we know that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. And Ilya and Janet and their family, they are leaders in your church. And so we pray, may your ministering spirits, your angels be around them. May your favor go before them. And Father, how remarkable that you have all these people talking about this church in Siberia. May it just be an epicenter of spiritual change, and may the climate over that nation change because of the faithfulness of your servants. And we also pray today for this judge who's deliberating over this case, for we know that you have the, the hearts of the rulers in your hand, and you can direct them the way that you choose, and so may it be a favorable response towards these two Teen Challenge workers, and may they be exonerated, and may their names be held in high esteem, and Father, may this just cause an outpouring Of people seeking help through the Teen Challenge Ministry. So we bless them today and we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Would you honor him? Just give him a hand this morning. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just gonna invite you to be seated for a quick moment. It is just wonderful to come together, and I I just love how God dovetails everything into one place, to have Ilya quote out of the Sermon on the Mount, the very essence of the message series that we're in right now. Here's what I want to do before we dismiss this morning. Uh, First, I want to say thank you. Last month when I I challenged you with a need that was represented in Pakistan, I actually, the leaders that we're working with got a hold of me and they said, okay, Doug, tell them to stop. We're there. We've been able to respond to the need, and we've been able to help restore the loss. And so I just want to say thank you for your generosity and for your outpouring of love for our brothers and sisters in Pakistan. And it's so heartwarming to see what we're able to do. Well, I want to challenge you again. You okay? I want to challenge us again. Because when I was meeting with Ilya and his daughter Jessica this week, I said, what, what need do you have that we could respond to? We're so blessed in our country and our disposable income that we just throw around so easily. What can we do to make a difference in your world? And he began to describe this camp that they were able to purchase. It is a former communist youth camp. I think it's remarkable that God takes what the communists used and handed it over to the Christian believers in Russia and Siberia. So he said we now have this camp and we have these four units and we want to convert one of the units. We want to retrofit it, get it ready to go for 30 of the teen challenge, those who graduate to come and spend a year serving Jesus out of that area. And I said, "Well, what's that going to cost?" And he said it's about $40,000. I said, "Oh, that's nothing." I said, "One service alone probably spends that on a weekend. I think the second service probably spends that, right?" Now you're all looking at me going, "No, no, not me. I don't spend the 40,000." I know collectively together that in our generosity, we can do something remarkable here, and I believe as a church. And so we have challenged each one of our services. Let's do something over and above. I know you tithe faithfully, and I want to thank you for doing that. And I know many of you give over and above, and I thank you for doing that. But let's do something to prepare this center so that these that have been redeemed and rescued out of lives of addiction and abuse, who are now going to be the front runners for the gospel of Jesus Christ, spending a year telling those who have yet to hear about Christ, we can make that possible. And so we're just going to ask you to do, I've got the ushers at the back door, and so on your way out this morning, this is just a response of your heart. You can drop something into the offering plate by the door, If you're not prepared to give, and many of you may not be, you can go to the information center. You can use your debit card or your visa card. You can give that way. Or you can go online. And over these next couple of days or over this next week, you'll find a a marker in there for Siberia. Take an offering envelope, write Siberia on it, and just let's do something to make a difference. And as we do that, I believe God's going to raise up an army of people to reach this nation. So I'm going to pray over this before we dismiss. Father, this morning, that's what we choose to do. We are going to give sacrificially because we are your church. And though we have the privilege of living in this country, we are still stewards of all the resource that you've given to us. So everything that I have, everything that you have blessed me and my wife with, it comes from you. And so we're going to open our hearts up as well and we're going to do something to help Ilya and Janet in the ministry right there in Novakinesk. And they're going to ask that, Father, you would do a powerful work in the hearts of young men and women that are going to go out and share the gospel of Jesus. So we bless them as we give this gift to them. And I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. So I want to thank you for being with us this morning. I'm going to leave you to respond as your heart moves. You can do that at an offering plate at the door, back at the Information Center, or later online. God bless you. Thanks for being with us today. And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday.